Creative execution. What's your process? Creative execution. I'm your host, Brianna Elmore, and this is the Creative Conversations Podcast presented by One Choice Magazine. Welcome to another episode of Creative Conversations Podcast. Today we have an amazing director, producer, writer, and all-around creative, Drew Allen. And y'all, we are dropping gems on being intentional with your creativity, inspiring others around you to create at their best levels, as well as following your instincts as a creative. I hope that you guys get as much out of this conversation as I did. He is an amazing person and talent, and I admire him a great, great deal. And I know that you guys will as well. And we really, really, really have a great conversation in store for you. So please enjoy this next episode. We have Drew Allen here today and Drew is a very talented writer, creative, producer, director, you name it. Y'all already know how this goes. Here we always have a multi-hyphenate. <laughs> we stand a multi-hyphenate around here and Drew is absolutely positively a multi-hyphenate and a very just a, a creator that I admire uh, a whole bunch. So I'm super happy to have you here, to know you, but to also have you here on the podcast and talking because y'all Drew be talking and talk. And so we're going to see, we're going to get into it. I'm going to allow him to talk and talk. Drew, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, okay. Um, so I am Drew Allen. Yeah. Thanks for using the middle name. Um, <laughs> I am... Mostly, primarily a writer, but also getting into directing. Um, so I want to be that that twosome, that director writer combo. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, you know, fall in line with producing, especially when you're, you know, have a small crew and stuff like that. Um, so that's me. I'm from Michigan, from Southfield, right outside Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, new, relatively new to LA still. It's been a little over a year. Um, I am trying my best out here. That's what I think. <laughs> I think that's really like you're doing. Don't even hit us with the trying your best. We're not gonna have it here. Cause I think, but I think that's something that's very common with all creatives. We're all just trying our best. And you know, the people that pop, it's just somebody was feeling it. That's <laughs> it. That's the only difference. Yeah, that's the only difference. It's like, okay, somebody else was like, somebody heard what you was trying to do here. I see what you're trying to do, and then they just pick up from here. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It just takes, you know, that right person to feel your stuff. And then, exactly. Yeah. But in the meantime, we must feel it for ourselves on our own. So, and I think that we've, uh, I think that's what we're all trying to do, especially like all the group of people, like our our group of people that we all are together. We're all creatives and we're all friends and stuff like that. We're all just trying to support each other and come up. Yeah. Even if we're not like the same medium or art form or whatever, it's it's the same mentality, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I think the way that I think about it is just kind of like, all right, it might not be what I do specifically, but I'm still going to need your support just the same. (laughs) So it's like, I'm going to need you to support what it is that I do so that 
when it's my time to like roll it out and do what needs to be done with that, we can do that more seamlessly. So yeah. I look at it as all the same. It's just like, okay, you got to give support to get support. So. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody's so. going to support somebody that's like just kind of there. Mm-hmm. And, they, and you be remembering, you know who show love and who be around. So it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> also like, and something I had to learn too is not focusing on who doesn't show love. Um, yeah. Because it's easy to take it personal if like you post something and you expect like certain close friends or somebody to, you know, share it or, or comment on it. It's, it's easy to take that personal. Um, yeah. But something I've been actively learning is to put that energy towards the people that do show love. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's easier on my mental <laughs> that way. No, but for real, because it's kind of like, you can get caught up in that, but also it's like, it, it stunts your creativity. It stunts whatever yeah. it is that you're, pro- what you're producing at that time, because it's like, because you're worried on the wrong people instead of worrying on the people who authentically and organically support you because that's really going to be your niche audience so it's like eh. Eh, the other people y'all will come along or not but the point <laughs> is I'm over here you know I'm making this for these people if you don't some people won't get it anyway so it's like yeah. <laughs> the people who like it cool yeah everybody has their audience and it might not be immediate that you find it but as long as you, I feel like as long as you stay true to yourself and make stuff, like you said, make stuff for yourself, mm-hmm. people really rock with it or want that sort of content or whatever, they're going to find mm-hmm. you and they'll stick with you. So. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, so one, let me tell you guys. So I met Drew in a, <laughs> in a writer's room and Drew is, Really, really, really good. You already have. Like I'm really like now one thing, I'm I'm always down the gas, but baby, if it's not <laughs> if it's not there, I'm just not gonna speak on it. I'm gonna just move on. <laughs> I'm gonna figure out what I can gas you about, but if it ain't about this, then I ain't gonna say it. You know what I mean? So um, when I say that, I mean it because, like, he's uh, the type of writer that, one, what you produce is really good, but also you kind of challenge everybody else (laughs) around you to also come up there, though. It's not like it's in the best way possible. So you're laughing, but I'm, like, so serious. I was like... I got to come in here. I was like, I got to come in here with not trash. <laughs> I, not that I was like thinking I was going to like, well, I'll just give y'all trash and just that no, be it's, it's and about that writing group. Like it was so hard because I like, I never want to be overly critical or make anybody feel the type of way about, you know, what they're doing. Yeah. I like, I see the potential of things. And I'm like, okay, look, if you just do this, like, yeah, think about it. Like, I just, I want, and you know, also knowing the person whose room it was, you want the best for for what they're doing too. Cause, you know, we had a lot of conversations before the writer's room came up. So I had a very good idea of mm-hmm. where she wanted the story to be. So I was just trying to, if, if, and that was something I had to work on too. Like, sometimes I would feel like, mm, I'm not really sure about that idea or whatever. 
mm-hmm. but I didn't want to, I didn't want to slam anybody. So I'm just, I didn't want to say anything until I had like a suggestion. Like I don't, and I don't like that either when people tell me what isn't working, but don't like offer to help me figure out how to make it work better. Yeah. So, Cause it's kind of pointless. It's just like, then it's like, that's low key mean. It's just like, what's <laughs> like, <damn>, much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like, I want to be like, as well, damn. It's like, well, forget me then. Huh? <laughs> but you, you got to challenge things sometimes. Not not people's ideas, but maybe the execution or you yeah. see where it should be or could be. And you just, you know, I, I feel like as artists, we got to look out for each other. Um, mm-hmm. If we see a way to make something better or maybe closer to the vision that the creative has, which is yeah. offering suggestions. People, you know, we're odd. I don't think any of us had really been in a, a writer's room before, so oh. be critical or anything. But I'm like, dang, somebody got to put the foot down at some point. Yeah, and I think that, uh, but it was helpful. Like I know you said you were worried about it, but well, from where I was sitting, it wasn't coming off like okay, okay. Drew. Like it wasn't coming off <laughs> like that. Because I feel like it was kind of like it was my first experience with the writer's room. I think everybody in there had written something before, but it was the first time being in a collaborative space where it wasn't always people. Because, like, if I was to write something and then I sent it to my cousin, she don't write, but I'm like, can you read this and see if this is something you will watch, right? So it was something special to be in a space where you had other writers who knew what to look for, but also knew how to bring that out and say, okay, well, why don't you try this way or try to take some of this out of it? And like, so for me, I'm a person where I look, it was a drama, but I'm a person that looks for the funny moments, but it it was just like, (laughs) okay, we can have some funny moments again. Dang, we got to have it be drama. It's not, it's It's not death. It's not death comedy jam. We got to balance the two because it can't be like that. But I thought that that was like, that was very helpful for me as a writer. You know what I mean? I feel like it was an iron sharpened iron type of room. And I think like that was something easy to see that everybody had things that they like specialized in, or you could tell their writing style benefited certain things. Mm -hmm. Like you were very like, you were very comedic. It really like, and that's something I struggle with sometimes. Like I'm, I'm primarily drama writer, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, this is good for the comedic moments. Let me see if I can help her. Yeah, you know, drama in it. Um, but yeah, you you would throw them jokes one after one. I'm like, dang, these are good, but this is gonna make it a, like a, <laughs> a right. It was like we're gonna, it's gonna go away from well, yeah, the yeah. like the point of the drama because it's like because we really you got because we all worked on the the pilot, so it's like the initial episode. You got one episode to drive it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like we have to know, we have to like yes, do this, but we have to do this. Like, you know what I mean? If we get it's there hard. in a funny way, it's fine. Yeah, it's, and it's hard the way we did it, making mm-hmm. everything cohesive because, you know, I t- and I told I told the showrunner this, that there, you, like, you could approach it two ways. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been in the writer's room, but I could see it, like, unfolding, like, for just one episode, because I know a lot of shows, when there's, like, multiple episodes, each writer will kind of take the lead on different episodes. Mm-hmm. Pilot, I'm like, okay, 
everybody deserves like to be really a part of this story and write their own pieces and stuff. So either we all have to like come back as a group every session for every single scene, mm -hmm. um, or everybody kind of takes a chunk. And I think it was fun to take a chunk, but then when you put everybody's together, you can really see how different people write and like people have different tones and things they're good at. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was really fun to see though. Fun fact, I was, I read pretty much everybody's samples. Like I was kind of, uh, <laughs> before the room was put together. Like the script editor? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, um, kind of suggesting who I felt like had strong samples and like from that you can see what people's specialties are and it's kind of like you said iron sharpening iron see who could balance each other like there was somebody who's like really good with description somebody mm -hmm. who's good with dialogue I'm like oh this would be a good balance somebody who could find the funny moments in the drama and somebody who can really nail those heavy hitting moments like and I, mm -hmm. I think I said about collaborative spaces because I, I, writing by yourself, you're only bouncing ideas kind of off yourself. And yeah, everybody has different experience, everybody has different styles. And so sometimes it feels not monotonous, but like it's really eye opening going into a collaborative space and being like, wow, like this is a great idea. Like I love how this person writes, I love this person's suggestions. Mm -hmm. and I love how they build off, you know, pre existing ideas and stuff. So it was fun. It was, it's definitely learning moment for like I know I came with critical suggestions and stuff, but I was learning the whole time too, and I was no, but I don't don't downplay it like that. You were very much a team person, but we needed it because everybody was so new, and we're meeting everybody for the first time. So I think that the way that you were able, like you were meeting people, but you also knew people that were there too. So it's like it's not like. Okay, I'm not gonna hurt your feelings. <laughs> I tell you, this like need this more. You know, this needs some more. This needs some more. So I think that you are like a real valuable person for that room. Nothing else gets taken from that. Take that, because I do think that you were because you were like you a good writer. We passed that. If you wasn't, you wouldn't be here. We need to do. But that opened up a space for you know everyone to feel free to be able to say like, hey, well actually. Mm -hmm. that was really well written I was good I was entertained but mm -hmm. is it at the end of the day is it really going to be this character or is it really going to be this story we already we agreed and talked about x y and z so we need to make sure that we're driving that in what we're doing yeah, so yeah. I think that that was helpful because that helped stay on task and on track yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the affirmation Get great tips while networking with other creators across the world when you join the One Choice Magazine Newsroom. The Newsroom is where editors, contributors, and freelancers for One Choice Magazine gather to tell stories, exchange insider information, and develop their expertise. When you join the community, you will get access to workshops, deals on software, creator tools, and special episodes of the Creative Conversations podcast. If you are a creator looking for a safe space to see the beauty and what you do and develop your talent, join the One Choice Magazine Newsroom. You can follow on social media at One Choice Mag Newsroom and sign up for the mailing list online at onechoicemag.com. Yes, I was listening. Now that, that we provide here, okay? <laughs> yeah.
but no um and i was just like you know i respect i was like i respect you as a writer and as a human i was never gonna come on those disrespect <laughs> but, you know i respect you and i respected what you had to, like i would wait because it was like people would be talking and you'd be like guys i have something to say and it'd be like be quiet <laughs> he don't be talking all the time when he talking he's thought about you it. know that's so funny uh that you mentioned that because i kind of like and i honestly a part of that is uh anxiety like overthinking um mm -hmm. i and that's also something like that i was actively trying to work towards is like voicing my thoughts because there'd be a lot of spaces where I just don't, even if I felt like I had something valuable to contribute, I'd mm -hmm. overthink it and be like, eh, I'm just not going to say anything. And so it's funny growing up, different people would be like, you know, you don't talk all the time, but when you do talk, like it's usually really wise or funny. Yeah. <laughs> people want to know what you, I, I'm a person. I feel like I talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> we need those people trust me yeah I feel like I do talk like I'm not afraid to talk but I have to learn how to it's almost the opposite dial it in so one I can hear the people who don't always do the talking and then also be able to hear and feel out the situation so that I can be like hey, hey be quiet <laughs> Drew what you gotta say you know what I'm saying <laughs> like try to advocate for the people who don't necessarily feel like they had that space or yeah. they can take up that different type of room because it's like if that's something I'm already doing and taking up that space and talking anyway why would I not give you the platform to say what you need to say and say how you feel and give you that freedom that's another reason why I wanted to create this podcast to give people who may not always do it too much or do too much anyway or I want to understand the creatives behind the art you know I want to understand the, how people take because it's not one look for creative it's not one look for creative outlet and I think that it's important to represent everybody from one extreme to the next you know yeah. so but I'm always interested in doing that because you'll find a lot of similarities between yourself and others but you'll also figure out different ways to differentiate yourself in your art or to be able to better represent someone else. Maybe not you, but maybe I can tell a story that can, that you feel resonates mm -hmm. with you or vice versa. Yeah, I think that's really important just in creating in general, just the curiosity or inquisitiveness um, to know those things, to know what makes people take, to understand people. Like, I think that's mm -hmm. really and that's kind of what drives me is just the curiosity yeah and like in your so you said you don't always you know you were working on it but you hadn't always been like the main person to talk and all that stuff is that what kind of drew you to uh to write I to be honest probably I I feel like I've always kind of lived in my head um mm -hmm. and I wasn't <laughs> I guess I feel like looking back on it, I struggle a lot socially mm -hmm. as far as being like a conversationalist. Like I, I don't know. I was <laughs> the thought of having conversations with people and even just small talk and stuff. It's mm -hmm. like I'm not good at this. This is hard. Um, and I, I think a lot more than I talk, and so I always just would be in my head. Um, and so I probably writing was probably my outlet to 
like find my voice, you know, mm -hmm. wasn't, mm -hmm. wasn't talking to people in the real world, then it'd be through exploring the world in my head and through words and pages and stuff. So probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do How do you feel after you like get something completed for writing? It feels great every time because <laughs> it's, it's hard um, to see things through fruition. Like I've had so many ideas, so many things I've wanted to write about or do, and so many that have never been finished. So the first time, the first time I finished the screenplay, it just felt like, wow. Like, and that, that's funny, before I wanted to be like a screenwriter or anything like that, I wanted to be like a novelist. Like I wanted to write books and stuff. Mm -hmm. I could never get myself to finish writing a book. Like I would start, but this, uh, my feature screenplay was the first thing I ever finished. And it was just, when I did, it was like a light bulb kind of like, maybe this really is the writing medium for me, like to have a story and see it through to its conclusion. Mm -hmm. It just, it felt really good. Um, and it's, it's not easy, um, but every time I finish something, I kind of have to give myself a little pat on the back because I think it's easy to have ideas harder to execute them, especially to completion. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I I honestly think that people I feel like people have a lot of different definitions of what makes a writer. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've always held true is that if you write, then you're a writer. Like you might might not be the the best or most seasoned, but I feel yeah. like if writing is your way of expression, then you're a writer. And I think half the battle of being a good writer is having a finished piece. Yeah. Because once you have that, you've beaten out 50% of the people that are kind of just stuck in the weeds, you know? Mm -hmm. And once it's finished, and that's the beautiful thing about writing, once it's finished, you can always tweak it and refine it. Like, that's, that's probably the other half of the battle is just um, taking this this little piece of mud and turning it into a crystal, you know? Like, once you have it finished, it's kind of just always going to be there, always ready for you to to shape it some more. Yeah, and I think that that was something that I, in our writer's room was felt so special because it was like, it wasn't just on one person because sometimes, mm -hmm. like you say, it can stay in, like, mental purgatory almost. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> it's like, it's no, it's going nowhere. I don't know what really just happened or I had this idea or you started and it doesn't finish. But in the writer's room, it's like, okay, it's somebody, hopefully, that can help you push towards it or mm -hmm. it's somebody to pick up where you left off and we, and like for us to just go from literally just the names of the characters mm -hmm. and like what they kind of wanted like the rough thought process for what we want this character to be because we have those outlines but then actually outlining each character their attributes where they were from and you know all of these different things that can contribute to who they are and then after taking those people and making them like full multi-layered humans and figuring out how they interact with each mm -hmm. other where that falls on the spectrum and then pushing that into actual like 
written dialogue and giving them some type of life and even to the casting process and being like oh wow so you see this person in your head yeah, yeah, yeah. for so long and then you're like oh this that, is them. yeah that was really cool to see yeah, yeah and, I, and I feel like that was the first time because for me I've not written anything that has been like filmed yet mm -hmm. that was just on my own prior to that room so it's just like that's super special to be able to see it and understand how that flows and how it's supposed to look yeah. and be. And then even going back to your previous point, when you write solo, it's kind of like, it's so we have blind spots as humans. Oh, it's just the bottom line. Like, you know, and I'm, the way that I'm going to see it, it's just like, now we're both from Michigan, but we are both from different places in Michigan. And so though that, and even if we were from the same place, we come from different households and families and all these different things that make us up. So my blind spots aren't yours. So that's why it's so valuable to have like that creative collaboration so that hopefully if you build up your team, right you can get you can get somebody that's going to yeah. like cover you a little bit you know what I mean and have that covering and there's a time to do stuff individually but then there's a I enjoy doing the times where it's more collaborative because mm -hmm. I feel like that's where you're really pushing through and we're working through it and we're getting real good character development we're getting real good you know mm -hmm. stories and so I enjoy that and I know that um I was talking uh I was talking to somebody else that was involved with it who will be a leading character the, today. Uh, oh. the, the the female lead <laughs> I talked to her today and she was uh and we were referring to um just the different layers like I love I don't know if you realize which character I love, but it was the character I always took uh, her dialogue because I was like she's a, on paper she's supposed to be pretty much the antagonist uh -huh. but I loved <laughs> having her because I was like I feel for her I feel where she'd be coming from she didn't start off like this y'all yeah, yeah, yeah. like, we gotta give her a little bit like she could be have like rough moments or bad moments where it's like come on that's that was unnecessary that was energy was not even needed here but I liked kind of like approaching her because it was just different. It, she would respond to things differently than I would. So it kind of gave me the license as a writer to be outside of myself and yeah. challenge myself that way. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's really cool that you, <laughs> like, like you said, she was <laughs> sort of an antagonist, but you were able to see the parts that resonated with you or that you could flesh out and make like mm -hmm. a real person because the best, best villains, best antagonists, they're real people. Like, they have real concern. They have past, all that. Mm -hmm. So to take the person you saw not being picked on as a character, <laughs> but, like, everybody was kind of like, mm, this character is sort I'm of... Like, I'm good on this character. Yeah. Like, I think it's really cool that you're able to, to grab onto that and be like, I'm about to show y'all why this is a good character. Right, and, I, and I appreciate it. Yeah, otherwise, she would have just been kind of flat and, like, not have any depth that was needed so yeah and i and i'm excited to see still how all of it <laughs> will be translated you know even because i know what we talked about but that portion because like i i know i've been a production assistant and those situations haven't 
always been stuff that I wrote, but it was always cool to be able to be in a situation where you can see, mm-hmm. like, this is a story playing out. We do multiple tapes, multiple angles, and we got different inflections here or whatever. We're adding all that, all kind of stuff. It was just, it's very interesting because I had never, prior to becoming a PA, I had never seen anything like that or experienced that, but I cannot wait to experience that for something that I was a part of creating the story. You know, that's going to be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So with all that, how do you like to create? Like, what is the best, like, temperature that you create in so is it more individual or collaborative or kind of like a hybrid between the both or it's just kind of like I don't know it's like is it good to just kind of initially like take your like silo take your chunk work on that we can come and we can workshop it together go back change Mm -hmm. or it's like or do you work good in partnership or does it not really matter as long as you kind of have a good guide on the story yeah I think that's a good question. I think I can I can navigate either space, whether it's collaborative or solo. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously more used to writing by myself, but after that writer's room, I think the perfect thing for me is to be able, or maybe maybe not perfect, because I'll probably still figure it out as I you know write more. But I think preferred right now, I really kind of loved taking the idea phase collaboratively and then just sending me off with it mm-hmm. um, because I don't always do my best thinking in the moment of like brainstorming back and forth with a group of people mm-hmm. uh, like my own personal thinking. I love like taking everybody else's ideas in um, but I think once I sit with that I can like really marinate on it and really figure out how would I tackle this with you know, my writing style, all that kind of stuff. So I think I think I really love that, like figuring out all the, the building blocks and stuff that we did and outlining all that mm-hmm. and then giving it to me. Like I had, I felt so good when I was writing that piece. Um, and even though I didn't write that technically solo, it was me and the, the showrunner mm-hmm. um, kind of collabing on that scene. Uh, we still kind of tackled it separately. Like we were on the same uh, dock, but we're still like, <laughs> we're still working on it separately without communicating. And it was it was crazy, but it really lined up too even then. But I was kind of able to just sit with it and just really take my time because I feel like sometimes collaboratively things move too fast for me. Like I, I process things a little slower sometimes. Like I really mm-hmm. have to think about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like give me give me my own pace. Yeah. Give me all the tools I need and let me just kind of sit with them for a second and then I'll start fizzling away. Um so I think that's probably the best temperature for me. Mm-hmm. I think the, the I think that, that makes uh that makes it for a good creation though. You know what I mean? You have to be a little bit intentional because you don't want to make a knee-jerk decision for in terms of writing for a character. You don't want to make a decision because you feel like, okay, I got to hurry up and get it done in this session and and that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. And it's like, wait a minute. If I take a second to think about it, I'm going to be able to really um, imitate life. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point is to imitate life and imitate 
life within the confines of within the confines of these of this story. Uh-huh. So it's like I cannot think about that. This is not my life story. I can't tell you how it plays out until I think yeah. about how this should probably play out. And then you want to be realistic because you don't want nobody to be. Because I think everybody has seen productions where it's like that was rushed or mm-hmm. they super didn't have anybody else in the room. They did not think about this. They did, it was just like a, a good example without tearing you into anybody. Acrimony. Mm-hmm. Everybody's whole question about Agaroni was how did she get on or off of this boat? Like, like <laughs> I didn't see the whole thing, but apparently she, sis was on the boat mm-hmm. and like it was already like all the way in the ocean, but it was just like, how did she get on this boat? Like what happened? She didn't have a little life, but like what how did she get here? Y'all just picked up from her being on the boat. She was not on there. Yeah, it was just like it was like it was such a big like plot hole because uh-huh. it was just like that was a big part that was the you know the the peak of the story and it was just like yeah. the, how do we get here and why are we on a boat like all of these things like it's just like it just didn't make sense so I think when you do slow down and have that intentionality with the story it shows in the final product you know so I think that that's a good approach too because it's like you don't want to feel pressured to put these characters in one direction because even in those situations you can talk about it and you can push them to one thing and that'd be like okay we agree upon it but after sitting with the dialogue and the building up to getting to that point it might like not make sense anymore (laughs) so and then it's just like sometimes those are the best situations to move from. It's like, okay, we're gonna move it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That makes a lot more sense than going this way, so that's okay. But I will say, do you feel like I noticed that you're very intentional just in general? You're intentional when you speak, you're intentional when you write. Um, so are you I'm very sure I, I probably got the answer just from the <laughs> patterns, but how do you decide what you're a part of and what you create? Because, you know, creatives, we have a, can have a thousand different things going on in our mind or potentially different opportunities. Has there ever been a time where you have to back up off of either an idea, an opportunity, because it was like that didn't align with your intentions as an artist? Yes. Uh, and that's that's something I've had to kind of deal with a lot more being like since I moved out here um, mm-hmm. because when I first started on like my creative journey because okay, so it, and I think it's a multi-hyphenate thing too um, mm-hmm. because before I was like writer, director, producer, whatever I was back home I was photographer, videographer, writer mm-hmm. like and I kind of picked those things up for fun. Like I wanted, I just originally, okay. So originally before I got into filmmaking, I just bought a camera cause I like YouTube. I kind of just wanted to make YouTube videos and stuff like that. Like I was in like my sophomore year, I was like obsessed with vlogs and stuff for no real reason. I, was like, <laughs> I want a camera, I want to do this. So I bought a camera and uh, people just saw the camera around my neck and wanted pictures. And so because of like, I'm an intentional person, I'm like, okay, well, if people want pictures, I have to get better at them. Like I have to know what I'm doing. So I mm-hmm. started learning the craft and kind of fell into it and fell 
kind of fell into this bubble of being known as like the campus photographer at a certain point, videographer. And photographer, I never wanted to be a photographer. Like I thought it was cool. I like taking photos of my friends and stuff. I like capturing moments, but I never wanted, and I knew that I never wanted to be a photographer as a profession. So mm-hmm. it was hard for me sometimes. Um, I, I ended up really loving videography. And I think that's kind of what made me be like, oh, filmmaking is obviously the right you know, direction if I love videography. Um, but the photography itself, it's like, okay, I kind of did it for a certain point because it helped pay rent while I was in school. Yeah. Because um, we're not dumb. If it, we can make some money. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it got to a certain point where that was like all people were asking of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had fun taking pictures of my friends and stuff. And I love being able to do stuff for them and collaborate in that way. But when people started hiring me to like take pictures at events and stuff, I was, I really started to be like, I'm kind of losing passion for this now that, especially now that when you get paid for something, you feel like you have to meet a certain expectation. Right. It, it makes it hard to pull out the passion um, because you're just thinking from a business standpoint kind of thing. So when I got out here, partially because I had no clients out here, I kind of dropped the photography. Like I took photos for a couple people towards when I first moved out here. But after that, I don't know the last time I've been paid to like do photography. Mm-hmm. Part of me is loving that because it gives me time to find or time for the things that I really want to do. So like writing and directing, um, and that, oh, sorry, I go back sometimes. So that is the point. I, I seriously, I love it. I be wanting people like, yes, yeah. keep yeah. talking, do it. Some more uh, backstory. So, um, I did the film program at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell into that. So I fell into that when I finished that first screenplay. I'm like, okay, I really like this writing form. And a couple of friends talked me into like giving the whole film program a try. So mm-hmm. I did. Um, and I still, like, I, I sub-majored in screenwriting, but other than that, I was, like, also drifting towards, like, cinematography, um, and that was fun. I did cam op and DP for a few student things, um, but when I got out here, I am, like, people, and people still ask me, like, I just got asked to DP a, sh- uh, a web series, I think, um, mm-hmm. and first of all, I'm not good at saying no, but... <laughs> I'm like, I had to talk to myself and be like, um, camera is not where I want to be in the film world. And I have mm-hmm. so much like limited time, especially when you're working like a full-time job and trying to find time outside of that to do like your writing and directing and stuff. So I had to be like, I don't have a lot of time as it is. Do I want to, is it worth putting more things on my resume for a role that I don't even want to do in the future? Right. So learning to say no, like I said, I didn't even say no to that, but <laughs> the schedules conflicted. So they found another DP. But so it worked out. Like, it, worked it, worked out. out. it worked out. And like, I'm still working on saying no, but mm-hmm. there have been other things since I've been here that I have turned down because I didn't have the time to do it if it wasn't going to like bolster the resume that I'm trying to build right now, which is the writing directing portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning to say things, notes of things that don't align with like 
my career trajectory right now. Mm -hmm. like, obviously, I still want to help friends do their projects, but I've had to tell them, like, uh, I don't really think I can do that right now. Like, you're my friend, and obviously, they respect the decision. Um, right. It, it doesn't make it easier to tell your friend, like, mm, that's it's not really, like, there are a lot of people that, um, because we're in a filmmaking community, there's a lot of opportunities, like small opportunities, you know, not like studio stuff or whatever. Not yeah. yet. Not uh, yet, not, not yet. yet. But they're, they're like, usually they want to direct their own things and stuff. And so mm -hmm. the positions will be like other things that I could do, I have knowledge of, um, but it's not what I want to be doing. If it's so like anything that hasn't been directing or assistant directing, or writing, I've kind of been like saying no to so I can focus on my stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, being intentional with what aligns with either my trajectory that I'm like seeing myself on right now, mm -hmm. or it just doesn't, I, I, I do take this, if it is a really cool project, like if I really am messing with like what it is in general, I'll be like, yeah, make me a PA. Like, I don't care. I just want to be there, sort of thing. No, but for real. Seriously. It moves me. Like, oh, shoot, I'll hold uh, the boom pole. I mean, I don't want to, but I... It's like, nobody's signing up for that, but we yeah. will do that. Exactly. And I, I mean, I have love for people that do that because for my short film, like, I grabbed my friend Alexandria, and she's like, a, like she wants to direct. I love her, by the way. Uh, she wants to direct, but she was just like, you know, is there any space for me on this crew? And I'm like, well, I don't have a sound person right now. And she's like, yeah. you know what? I'll do it. So it's like, I have a love for people that are willing to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But I would have totally understood if she was like, mm, that's not really <laughs> where I want to go, right? So- Cause that's where uh, you're at too. It's like, it's like we're all navigating that space. It's very yeah. difficult to navigate the space where it's like, we want to get the experience. Yeah. And then also it's like, these are people that are doing big things and things that can render, you know, further opportunity. So it's kind of, it's, it's like, you want to say yes to everything, <laughs> but realistically you can, yeah. and you, but you don't want to like burn burn a bridge. Although these are your friends, you don't want to burn a bridge and just, it's like, it's like, I want to be invited to the kickback, but just know I'm not going to come. Like, you know I'm not going to come, but can I please get the invitation? Because I'm going to feel away if I see y'all on Instagram or whatever, having having fun, and I ain't know about it. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Oof. Felt a little something with that one. Listen, that's how I be feeling. That's how I would feel, like, especially, like, back home in Michigan, too, because it's like, so when I'm out here and I'm building connection with people, I'm like, I got to go. I have to go to this thing. And I was like, whether or not I feel like it or not, I kind of got to go because I was like, I want to make sure that I'm solidifying, you know, your friends and your connections out here with people. But, yeah. like, back home, it's like, girl, invite me, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I definitely get that, but... Oh, sorry. I had a, another, like, I'm learning to say no to things when I feel like I'm not the best person for it. Like, if mm -hmm. I know the limits of my ability and, like, if I feel like I can't give you what this project deserves, like, I'm, I'm going to have to say no because... <laughs> no offense but you can do better like right but hopefully hopefully i can come up to it but i'm just yeah. not what you need 
Yeah, I mean, like like we kind of talked about earlier, people have their specialties. Like, even outside of writing, there are people mm-hmm. who, like, are a certain type of directors. Like, there are more technical directors who really love to be in the technical side, like, with the cameras and stuff. And there are people who are really into it with the actors. Um, and so kind of knowing where you fit in and kind of seeing what the project is and being like, I think there's somebody who could be better for, for this. Like, I think that's... That's where I don't want to take up space when I know there are other people looking for these opportunities and like they're really aligned with what this is. So mm-hmm. learn to do that too. But that takes a lot of like selflessness <laughs> to be able to do that. I had to slow down, so it is not like <laughs> I was calling it so. But that takes you having to step outside of yourself because it's probably more than likely it's the opportunity that you will really be messing with, and you're like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to mm-hmm. do, but it's like when you reached a certain point in, in being a creative and kind of finding humility in being a creative, it's like, I'm not even about to hold you up. Like, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, cause I want you to look as good as possible. This is your project. This is your baby, but I, I want to be a good babysitter. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be good if I told, you know, if I told you like, yeah, 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 I'm going to do it. And then I come on there and I'm not giving it everything it right. deserves or everything that I can give it because I got all these different constraints. And I know that that, like, I was in a similar situation recently with my mentor. She was like, hey, do you want to do this opportunity? This would be a good situation for you to be able to come into it. But I'm like, but I work, uh, I work during the day until like about two here. Mm-hmm. So like from like seven, seven to two, something like that, six mm-hmm. to two remotely and I like I have to be accountable over here so it's like even though I'm remote I'm like yeah I could I couldn't give you my undivided detention attention that you would deserve and so I wouldn't want to make you look bad for being like oh I'm bringing this person on to help and when I tell you that was rough to say no because you want to say yes to all the things and you and you know that this is something that could help you but she was just like, well, you know what? I really appreciate you not doing it because you know you can't. It's not yeah. something that you will be able to do fully and be able to do without being held back because it could be something we need you to run back real quick. And I wasn't listening because I was on a meeting for this place. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if there was any gaps or if y'all start after this time, bet. But other than that, I have to be kind of separated from yeah. this part and like they could put a meeting on my on my calendar over here and I would have to go because what well, what would I say? No, I'm somewhere I'm doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't tell them that. So it's really tough, but I think that it gives your work and it gives you good credibility and, and integrity when you say no. Are you looking for a lifestyle magazine that challenges your mindset and spirit? Do you need recipes to help you eat healthier and fitness tips that target your body type and needs? Check out One Choice Magazine, your trusted resource for wellness, personal growth, and spiritual development. Read articles that educate, uplift, and inspire readers to live well. Get the latest issue at onechoicemag.com. Like, cause in the, like, you think people are going to be mad, but they're actually okay with you saying no because they would rather you not have your attention be divided i think that's so real because you know i think we assume people be like upset or or disappointed if you tell them no but i think i think 
they appreciate the, the authenticity like and that i think almost more than anything i've said learning to say no when you know your full attention or effort can't be invested in a project because mm-hmm. like those projects are so like personal to people and they want the best um and so if you know going in that you can't put all your attention in but you like we think we're doing good because we're like yeah we can do this and we think we're being helpful and stuff but it's kind of just disappointing when because you it's easy to see like from a leadership point it's easy to see when somebody is kind of like distracted or have has been pulled like too thin um and taking on too many things because they can't say no Mm -hmm. it's easy to see when their attention and effort isn't all the way there um and for the person whose project that is and they're like living it 100 percent all in like it's Mm -hmm. uh, i wish the rest of the team or whoever felt the same way sort of thing yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's hard. It's hard enough getting people to buy in to yeah. the dream and the vision, anyway. And then it's like you buy in and you want to buy in, but then you do it with knowing that you can't give in. To mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, man, I'm telling you, that probably doesn't feel good on either side. But I'm yeah. gonna tell you for sure when you have to say no and it's something that you want to do, but it's not aligning with the time appropriate timing or resources to be able to do it fully, that is really tough. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> I want I want to be like, man, <laughs> we'll figure it out. But that's yeah. not responsible. That's that's not and that's also again, I don't want to make anybody that wanted to bring me onto a project look bad because I said yes, knowing that I couldn't give that the full effort that it deserved. Yeah. So so yeah. <laughs> RIP to that opportunity. But that brings better that brings better opportunities yeah. in the future when you are a little bit more developed in either your skill set or you do have a little bit more time because things do free up. And that's just the point of it. Things free up, opportunities happen and they remember like, okay, well, I know we couldn't work together at that juncture, but I know you are not going to leave me out here. If you, if you sign on, you mean it, you know, it's like, if you sign on, you care about this project and you care about what's going on. Um, But how would you say that your self-awareness has like developed as you develop as a creative, because to be able to do all of that and say no, or even write like, holding all other opportunities and saying no, you know, holding it all even, how do you feel like your self-awareness has like increased as you develop more? I I feel like my self-awareness came from failure and self-reflection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just, things you look back on and, and really sit with and be like, ah, uh, this could have been better. This I could have done this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Makes you have these conversations with yourself for the future. Like just real and kind of going back to the blind spots we talked about as far as writing, but just as people, mm-hmm. like that that those failures kind of reveal little things about yourself if you really like take the time to think about why things went a certain way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and failure isn't always on you. Like there many factors that are at play in any project or whatever. Um, but 
if it, if you felt like you did have a piece to play and why things went wrong, just kind of analyzing like why, like what did, what did I do? What could I do better? And that gives me more insight into myself and what works for me, what doesn't work for me, um, and things I need still need to work on. Um, but also just being outside yourself um, and kind of understanding the other things at play, the other people, the other stakes that people have invested in things. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I, there are people who uh, live very... I don't even know how to describe it. They, they kind of picture things as um, they're the main character of this huge story. And I don't think I always have that. I always, I always feel like I'm just a little piece of this, this story that's being told elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm always kind of aware of people around me, things around me, things that are happening and don't always liken it to myself and my actions because I've, I don't feel like the world revolves around me. I, I don't feel like I affect everything. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think knowing that things can go wrong because of me, but not always, um, I'm kind of just like, yeah, I see my flaws. Like I'm not a perfect person. Like I have, I just have a tiny part to play in this story. And um, I kind of just am able to look outside myself and see if that makes any sense. I don't know. No, it does because you, it takes a certain level of humility to create anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that seeing yourself as a supporting actor or supporting character in the story that's overarching is really like, I think that's actually poetic because, you know, again, now it's like it's more mainstream to be like, yeah, give me main character energy, which is cool. You should be the main character in your own story. That's nothing wrong with that. But I think that to create from a, from an honest place as like through the lens of a writer Mm -hmm. you kind of got to be a supporting aspect of this story because like you create this story but you have to like be the supporting force you're not going to necessarily always be in front of the lens acting out this story but you have to be like the biggest supporter and advocate for this story getting told in its most authentic form mm-hmm. you know what I mean that was a cool perspective because I've never thought that because I'm like ah, I'm about to be a main character <laughs> in my story my story not in this yeah, but like, <laughs> and you should be but I think that that's a really cool way to kind of look at it because yeah, you should be able to be the supportive character and to be able to see that these stories get told in their best way possible. And I've seen you do that in real life. And <laughs> so to hear you say that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Well, thank that's you. Like, you're welcome. So that, yeah. that was like, I would I sit on that. Because listen, because people be wanting to, you know, like I remember growing up and people were like, they had a whole joke about how like Regina King, who is everything. Let's, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's say that, okay? Because I ain't making this joke. But they was like, you know, she'll be, uh, you know, she would play her best friend in her life story. And I was like, and it was funny then, but it was like, but now I'm like, who's laughing? Mama's got a, uh, <laughs> she's got a Oscar. She's doing all the directing, like she's acting. 
if, I don't know if you saw the Harder They Fall, but when Shorty did this, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was just yeah, a, was a side. But, you know, it's just like, but it's something like, she's had longevity in her career. Like, let's really think about it. You know, people want to laugh and talk about that supporting character energy, but she's had super longevity and she's got respect mm-hmm. <laughs> with the longevity. So it's like, so, but I think I'm sure she approaches things and she chooses things on purpose because that are more supportive in nature so that she can have that flexibility to tell this story and support this story and help carry this story in a different way that you may not have even known you needed. Did yeah. that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I think, like, also understanding that everybody is... I, I like how you put it. This is overarching story. Like, yes, I have a sense of of main characterness. Like, I understand that I am in control of my thoughts and, you know, mm-hmm. certain things, but there's so many things outside of my control um, that it's easier for me to navigate the world if I understand that I don't have like so much pressure to move this story if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. not all on me everybody else feels like they have their main character you know this um they do things for their reason and I won't always understand or see that but understanding that they have a whole history a whole story behind them that I'll never be privy to it makes it easier for me to not take things everything so personal or feel like I have such this weight on my shoulder that I have to carry this story because I'm just kind of a piece of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's, that's really... I'm about to be sitting with this guy <laughs> for a while because it's really good. This is good stuff, Drew. <laughs> this is why we want the platform for you to talk. This is good. <laughs> this is very good, but I think that that's important, though, because it's just, like, understanding, like, there are so many more perspectives than mine. And I think that that, for for me, I find that that's something that drives me to create because there's so many stories that are not mine, but I want to be able to create the platform for somebody to say it or the environment for us to collaborate so that we can amplify this voice. Because I understand how it feels to have to, to feel that your voice doesn't matter in certain situations and spaces. And I realized like how impactful it is to break that barrier so mm-hmm. that you know this person can be hard. Cause like you said, people have a whole history that's pushing them forward in ways that they know and that they don't know. And I think that the beautiful place that we lie in as creatives is to be able to create those spaces where we can give them that breakthrough to tell those stories. The stories they didn't know they needed to tell, the stories they didn't know that they had within them because like have you ever heard of like generational curses and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. All these different things are working within you, whether you know them or not. So understanding like, Hey, everybody has a story. Like I do, everybody deserves to be amplified and be the main character at one point or another. Mm-hmm. But when it's not my time, understand it's beauty and understanding when it's not my time to be the main character. Yeah, Being exactly. a supporting character is just as important. <laughs> I totally agree. 
this was great. This is great. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'd be liking the talk. Uh, so this time. feels good. This feels great. Uh, <laughs> so like when you're deciding like with all these different things, and I think it's so dope because we're all just kind of get like we all have like we have stuff. We got a little portfolio. Uh-huh. We're all just getting started and have these types of thoughts and have this type of like mentality now is going to be like so impactful once you kind of start re- like when once things like continue to grow and manifest and I'm really excited to see that. <laughs> Same. I know. I know. <laughs> Last question. So when you do your, it might not be the last question. I might be lying. Uh, so when you, <laughs> when you decide to do something, do you decide, like, I know we kind of got into it. Quality, quantity, or, or both? Uh, for me, I'm definitely a quality person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've, I have a lot of respect for people that are able to constantly push out content. Like that is not easy. I'm not able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, things feel more, I don't, I don't even know. They feel more like heartfelt almost like when I like really take my time with the project and give it all its focus and intention. Um, and I always, and it's part of overthinking um, and this sort of, I, so I like creatively, I struggle a lot with like self-critic, like just being too Mm self-critical. And I always, always like downplay myself and stuff. And so I overthink a lot and that takes, like makes projects that should probably take like a smaller amount of time, it extends them because I'm overthinking and like really taking this little chisel and just doing what I have to do until it's perfect. And that that perfectionist like in me, um, creatively, I'm definitely a perfectionist. Uh, and it's it makes things very, a very long process before I feel like it's ready for the world to see. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's good and bad with it. It has its merits. I feel like because I'm so intentional and so prolonged with my process sometimes that I, f- I feel like I did the best I could at the end. Um, and I think I do get a, a really good like product from the end. I don't feel like I rushed it because I feel like I would, I would regret it if I felt like I rushed something. Now, I <laughs> not to say I rushed my short film because I, I did not rush it but I move quicker than I usually do. And it's probably the best decision I made because otherwise I would have overthought and probably not committed to it and like really kind of just let it fall by the wayside. But mm-hmm. I kind of, for once, decided to just roll with it, like just go all in, let's like, let's get this moving now. Like we'll worry about the rest later mm-hmm. um, and end up being an amazing experience. Um, but I also was able to look at that and see what could have been better if I had taken a little more time, specifically with pre-production. Post-production has been really like prolonged and very well like handled. Um, Mm -hmm. but pre-production, I just like, I'm like, I have to do this. I have to get it rolling now or else I'm going to, going to sit on it and, and throw it off a bridge somewhere 
Um, yeah, and then that's like then that's a huge disservice. Yeah, <laughs> so kind of learning to find that medium of not really pushing out quantity, but knowing that there is like a time frame where I have to really go all in, or else I'll just like kind of dismiss it. Um, so I definitely, I'm definitely a quality person. I definitely take my time, but I'm learning to not sit on things for too long or like prolong the process too much to where the where the point and that's something I've struggled with for a lot of my projects is I'll sit on them too long to the point where I lose interest or like I don't feel the same flame you know mm -hmm. um so yeah quality but learning to act on the passion you know really get the ball rolling when you feel that fire yeah yeah, and it can be it can be difficult. It can be difficult to toe that line because it's a thin mm -hmm. line. It's a real thin line yeah. between like, okay, I want to, and then it's like, depending on whatever your vantage point is at the time, it's it can be people pushing out a whole bunch of quantity, but it may not be qu the quality that you know it could mm -hmm. deserve, and it could take it to the actual next level. It's like, so you really wouldn't have to work harder. You could just work smarter and give mm -hmm. the, you know, give it a little bit more time. But I do, it resonates with me to just kind of do some stuff too, because it will sit or you'll forget about it mm -hmm. or get caught up. And then you're caught up in another lane mm -hmm. of motion because you're kind of getting busy and you're all over the place. And it's just like, okay, it's easy to leave stuff on the back burner when you just in go mode all the mm -hmm. time. So... Yeah. All right. One thing, what is the greatest lesson that you could share um, as a creator? What is one of the greatest lessons that you've learned on your journey thus far that you would share with other creatives to help them along their journey? Okay. One piece. Uh, I, I think creatively, don't get so bogged down in logical thinking. Like I think in in general, like I'm a very logical thinker, like, but I creatively and like in motion, I act very much on passion and like my heart. And I think that's so important for creation, like just acting on things that move you. Mm -hmm. um, because I I don't, the logistics of how do we make this work? How do we do this, 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 and this? But I think the fire, the ambition, like that just comes naturally. I think that's the most important thing to act on. Um, and and that also kind of goes back to uh, the projects that we take on and stuff. I think it's so important to work on things and create things, not with, not really with the audience in mind, but with you in mind. like. Mm -hmm just making things for yourself. And like we said at the very beginning, like the people that are rocking you with it will find you. Yeah. It is so much harder to create or be in a space to create if you aren't even enjoying what you're making. Like if you don't feel a fire behind it, it's not, but I feel like people will feel that. And I, I think it'll, it'll not, it won't resonate with people. Um, like I have a project that I wrote that is very different from other things I've written before. Mm -hmm. I started using it as a sample because I felt really good about it. Like it's probably my favorite thing that I've written. Um, and I started using it as samples 
and I have done really well. Like it's the sample that got me into my current mentorship program. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's done a lot for me. And I think people feel the passion behind it. Like even if they aren't 100% a fan of, you know, maybe the story or whatever, they don't resonate with it. They feel the passion through the page. And I think that it's like that for every art form. Like I think when, I think you can really tell and you can really feel when people love their own creations. And I think, mm -hmm. I think people are kind of drawn to that spirit, that energy. Um, so first and foremost, you have to be your biggest advocate, your biggest fan of the things you put out. So that's probably the, the biggest thing I've learned. I'm sure I've learned a lot of little things here and there, but I think just learning to really act on my heart and what drives me and moves me is important. But that's what's going to take you further. You know, that's what's going to take you to learning the little things. It's because it's like, because if you don't even mess with what you're doing, why would I? You know, essentially, you know, yeah. <laughs> for lack of better terminologies, I guess. But that is a very good lesson is to stay true to what it is that you're doing. And like, as soon as it starts not feeling like you, that's when you got to take some steps back and think about it. <laughs> Yeah, like when you're creating with, like obviously we write knowing, especially filmmakers, we write knowing that it's for an audience. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we kind of get to decide who that audience is by the passion we put into it and the things we decide to write. Like, I, I don't know. I think, I think you do yourself a disservice when you're too critical about the reception a piece of art will get afterwards. Like, obviously, there has to be some self-awareness. You can't be out here making, like, things that are harmful and, you know. <laughs> right. You have to have a certain degree of, of not caring what people think um, because the art is so subjective. Like, it's, I literally, the, the same piece I told you has been getting me, got me into my mentorship program. Literally just yesterday, somebody was like, I showed this to my man manager and he wasn't really like resonating with it, but I'm like, art is so subjective. It just takes that right person, that right audience to really make you feel like, okay, this, there is a place for this. There is a place for the things I'm creating and those people will appreciate it and find it as long as I appreciate it and I like what I'm doing. Yeah, and that's the that's really what's gonna keep you going though. It's like okay, and then it wasn't for you, and that's fine too. Yeah. You know, and it's like okay, we're gonna move on though, <laughs> and I'm still gonna send it out. I'm still proud of it because I know what it took me to even create this and mm -hmm. create it from such a like a pure place. You know, so I'm still about to send it out. Exactly. But I mean, you know. When it pop up on his TV. <laughs> you're going to be over here punching the air. <laughs> and that's cool, too. Um, Drew, thank you so much. Thank you. Please tell me what I can do to help anyone that hears this episode. And hopefully there were a lot of gems dropped, a lot of just really good thought-provoking conversation. I really appreciate you for that. But how can anybody listening to this support you, find you, all of those things? Uh, anybody listening to this can find me on pretty much any social, specifically Twitter and Instagram, at Allen DM, A-L-L-Y-N-D-M. 
um, support, just, I don't know, show love, like just uh, like my stuff, share my stuff. Um, I have, uh, this will be my first announcement, I guess. I My short film is screening December 4th um, in Culver City. So I'll be posting stuff about that if anybody wants to show up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I accept support and love in any form. So this 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 conversation was support for me. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. I'll be there. The, the point is, it doesn't matter. It's not. I'll be there. Thank you. I'll be there and support you however I can. Yes. Oh, this was a good conversation. I'm really happy. I am too. Thank you yes. for inviting me to this. Yes. As always. Subscribe and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. Be sure to share it with a creative person to encourage them on their journey and tag the newsroom at One Choice Mag Newsroom on Facebook and Instagram. It's only up from here.